The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. All right, the culture war is on. It's Tuesday mornings. Always like to wade into this one. There's a whole lot of grist for the mill this morning as we're joined again by Scott Mass, an associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Good morning, Scott. Morning, John. And morning, Greta. Greta. Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church, founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Good morning to you, Greta. Good morning, John. Good morning, Scott. Happy morning. New Year to both of you. And well, to you. It's, uh, yeah, it's the first time we're convening since the New Year. Uh, new Year, maybe new attitude to things. And Greta, you're the... Uh, person with the Center for Progressive Christianity. I'm curious about how progressive people want to be in this day and age, but there's a story that comes from the Guardian newspaper in the UK, which is known to be somewhat progressive, maybe even uber-progressive, where uh, they're now making a defense of pedophilia as just another sexual orientation. In other words, suggesting that uh, it's the way people are wired through no fault of their own. It's a sexual orientation just as heterosexuality or even homosexuality. And critics are saying... Well, this is just uh, part of a, an ongoing incremental creep towards normalizing the abnormal and the aberrant. Uh, although the experts, and including a Dutch study published back in the late 80s, found that, they say, a sample of boys in pedophilic relationships actually felt positively about them. So no harm, no foul. And uh, this is the kind of thing that now uh, deserves at least to be discussed in this new scientific light. Greta Vosper, are they right about that? I think that the question that we have here is not just um, exclusive to this kind of a conversation. The question is, how do we decide uh, to deal with situations when we are coming to a greater scientific understanding of things that disgust us? When we are faced with situations and and uh, stuff that the, that that we have previously have have held taboo, and and this is obviously one of them. When when the scientific community starts saying, you know, this isn't this is a normal thing, how do we cope with that? What what kind of fences do we put around that to care for people? So you don't like the current response that says these people are aberrations in society, and we got to lock them up and throw away the key. Well, I mean, as as most. Uh, I think any, most studies will show that most pedophiles don't actually act on that impulse, that, that sexual predators are a different story. And sexual predators, of course, are not confined to pedophiles, and they're not confined to homosexuals or heterosexuals. All right, so across just board. so we're straight on our definitions, it's anybody who has an inclination, uh, sexual preference for young boys primarily or just young people, minors. Right. And if someone has a has a predilection for that and they don't act on it, then no, you certainly wouldn't lock them up and put them away. Well, I guess you can only, uh, this is like Minority Report, you can't start convicting people <laughs> of crimes they didn't actually commit. But still in all, uh, the idea that somehow this move to understand pedophilia in a new context as a sexual orientation, Greta says, uh, you know, we have to have that larger discussion, Scott, or do you see this as a dangerous development? The discussion itself or the development? No, the I development. Mean, the development that now it's considered in some quarters to be just like heterosexuality or homosexuality. It's the way you're wired. Nothing can be done about it. So let's not condemn these people. Well, 
Look, uh, the issue here that there's a I, I told somebody that I was coming on the air to talk about this, and they were so outraged uh, that it should even come into the public forum because they thought it was so beyond the pale um, that uh, that actually by talking about it, we were in some sense tacitly promoting it and giving it uh, airtime. Uh, I pointed out that um, the NAMBLA, the North NAMBLA. American, yeah, the NAMBLA, the North American Man Boy uh, Love Association, or whatever it is. Um, it has been active on this file since the 1970s and has not gone away. And the arguments that they use to um, promote this are, I'm afraid, very, very similar, if not uh, the same as those that have now been used to um, bring into law uh, homosexual marriage. They're the exact same arguments. Um, and so they're coming forward with precisely, you know, nobody's harmed. Uh, it's not as bad as we say. We've got new studies. There's new evidence. We need to look at these things uh, afresh and so forth. I also note that uh, the studies that uh, Greta talks about being scientific, are, they're psychology studies. There are over 100 different schools of psychology in North America that are accredited, uh, given uh, scientific status, uh, as it were. And their methodologies, their whole ways of looking at their subjects are not only radically different, they're opposed to one another, and yet we're supposed to regard them as objective and scientific. Um, so I'd like to introduce that into the equation as well, that all of these supposedly objective and scientific academic studies are, uh, even by their own criteria, questionable. The fact that they're morally neutral, which Greta is suggesting, I think is outrageous, um, because there is no such thing as moral neutrality. In fact, uh, your uh, suggestion, Greta, that we should look at it because it's wrong to um, uh, sort of label people who have these dispositions as immoral, that's a moral judgment itself. You know, it's wrong. Where do you get the idea that it's right or wrong to do that? Other than it, that's a moral judgment, that it's wrong to prevent people from doing this or to um, convict them. I'm not saying, uh, by the way, that they have the uh, inclination, the desire. That's not wrong. As I say, we're not in minor minority report, we're talking about the activity of it. And there were two, there was a, a parliamentary committee that heard evidence from uh, some activists that they should, uh, as a consequence of this, re get rid of the age of consent because of the new science that's coming forward. So, we're, and in that case, we're not talking just about people who feel attracted to minors. We're talking about people who act on it, and, and, and those can be people that aren't even attracted to them. In fact, I think my, in that Guardian article, it said only 20% of, uh, of the sexual abusers of children are actually true pedophiles. Mm -hmm. So how do you distinguish and, between, even on that front? So, uh, are you saying we're okay. on a slippery slope? But, oh, but, outrageously I, but I, so. I want to make it clear that, that I, I, what I was saying is <clears throat> that we can't actually act against people who have the predilection but don't act on it. Well, and I'm saying that we still we continue. I mean, I am not. I don't well, want anyone to that think that question. I think that pedophilia behavior is appropriate. But and if you I, have that's that why predilection. I'm saying we've got to have a fence right. around it. But, but if on. you have a predilection towards kleptomania or if you have a predilection towards pyromania, we put fences around those things and we say this is inappropriate behavior and we, and we make them a criminal offense. All right, but what you're saying here is, uh, okay, only until it's acted upon, but uh, then in the case of somebody who's Oh, let's say uh, they, their self-awareness is they're a pedophile. Uh, I don't know. Do they have a duty to self-report? Do we try to uh, – because the argument going the other way from The Guardian is uh, that 
pedophilia is a normal part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. And adult sexual attraction to children is just part of the continuum of human sexuality. And the, the adult protection of children is a responsibility that we have. So I'm, I mean, the argument that I'm, the conversation that I'm trying to open up is the conversation around, do we make these decisions based on religious beliefs or we, do we make these, these decisions based on what is best for our communities regardless of religious beliefs? That's the conversation that I think needs to happen. And I think that we'll probably end up in exactly the same place. But but until we we decide how we're going to make those decisions, the next thing that comes forward will have the same argument. So let's step back, have the conversation about how we make these kinds of decisions in our in our culture, and and then. But apply here's that this is why we're when, having this when discussion. We're disgusted with uh, the next thing. But that hang comes on, Greta. This is why we're having the discussion. We're having the debate about what we do, uh, how we're framing the question. See, when Scott says uh, the same arguments are being used today to. Uh, whether it's rationalized or justified pedophilia, as had been used with homosexuality back in the day, that it was considered a disorientation. Exactly. Well, well, hang and, on. And, and hang extramarital on. Well, sex, the same thing. Well, all right. So what you're saying is that's just part and parcel of the same thing here. So Scott is uh, striking a cautionary note. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Scott. No, you're you're right. saying if the same arguments are applied, ultimately the same outcomes will be affected. Well, and it, we would be, it would be illogical and contradictory. Is it leading to the normalization to and acceptance of pedophilia? That's precisely it what's happening. It may be leading to the norma- normalization and acceptance of pedophilia. It is not necessarily leading to the normalization and acceptance of predatory pedophilia behavior. How would you distinguish between the two? In the same way that we have not normalized and made acceptable predatory homosexual or heterosexual behavior. Both of those are still condemned by by the community at large. This would continue to have to be Condemned. But we cannot distinguish the two. That's the point. Like, as I say, t- uh, the Guardian article suggests that only t- all, the true pedophiles are, are only 20% of the abuse cases. In other words, 80% are those who aren't true pedophiles. They just happen to have the opportunity and act upon it. How do you distinguish between the true pedophiles and those who just act upon it? I'm not sure what it? your point is. My point there is that, is that in both cases, a violation takes place, and it has nothing to do with the inclination. That, and in, exactly. in both cases, the child may... Exactly, and so that's what we should be dealing with, the violation, not the, the in both whatever cases, it was it's a violation. got them there. It's a violation no matter what, and that's the difference in our positions there, is you don't think that it, as long as there's some sort of consent and they're, they're really acting upon it, there's something wrong there. I think it's wrong no matter what the case is, and I do think that this is the direction it's going because it's precisely the same arguments that were used to legalize homosexuality. They are, they are exactly the same arguments. And homosexuality should have been legalized. No, Absolutely. I think not. And there we For are. For precisely at the, what the same the, reason. What's the, what, there's the question. How do we make these decisions? Do we make them based on religion and religious beliefs, as Scott would, around homosexuality, or do we base them on what is best for the community as a whole and, it, and the members within it? All right, or uh, as to extend your thought or line of reasoning, Greta, humanitarianism would say Correct. you're not sick in the head, uh, you've just got this predilection for young boys or young girls, and we're going to understand it in that context as long as you don't exploit them or uh, you're not a predator, uh, as long as they like it, as long as they're not damaged, as long as there's consent, all I, that sort of thing. I think, I think we need to have very, very, very strict fences around that. I'm not saying, <laughs> right, you know, we're, it's we're, okay. So, I, I have not said it is okay. I just want callers to hear that so they don't, you actually, know, go off in hysteria about that, uh, but I haven't said that. But you're not also condemning it and saying this is something that's twisted or the wiring is uh, all askew. You're saying we just have to understand it as a continuum right. of the... 
sexual spectrum. Correct. No more than the wiring is askew for other behaviors that could be extremely violent and dangerous to members of our society. All right. Well, let's see how the folks feel about it. This uh, a piece in The Guardian where some critics are suggesting it's trying to normalize the notion of pedophilia as a sexual orientation rather than a deviancy. What say you? Uh, do we need to have this discussion? And do you think that that ought to be uh, maybe a reframing of the term of reference? All right, we're back into it with our culture warrior, Scott Masson, the associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Greta Vosper is the minister at the West Hill United Church and discussing, amongst other things, while we started on this issue of pedophilia, where studies are coming out of Europe and uh, The Guardian, the newspaper that's known to be uh, somewhat to the left, has suggested that uh, we need to uh, re-examine the whole notion of pedophilia. And in fact, pedophiles, uh, they may be wired differently, but uh, it's a sexual orientation just as heterosexuality or homosexuality. Therefore, let's not condemn it as a perversion, but rather try to understand and accept and accommodate. And right. therein lies the danger in right. the acceptance, says God Masson, but Greta says uh, possible too reframe the issue so that we have compassion for these individuals rather than uh, placing them, you know, at least... Uh, They're sort of victim group. Yeah. While maintaining the current laws against sure. any kind of victimization. I get it. Predatory. Well, yeah, sure, sure. But it's still, to a lot of minds, it's called terminal non-judgmentalism. Correct. Because it moves us from viewing pedophilia as an ab- absolutely unacceptable to an issue that has uh, room for debate and perhaps even accommodation and acceptability. So let's get to Gary in North York and your thoughts on this matter. Gary, what do you say? Hi, John. A couple of quick points. Um, to sit there and say that pedophilia is just a natural and um, another sexual orientation uh, is completely false. You know what? Uh, people have cancer. It's a disease. People have leukemia or polio. We try to treat them. Mm. We know that pedophilia causes irreparable harm to minors who are not sexually mature and prepared for those relationships. And to actually sit there and, and say that that's, that's not the case is false. So it's a completely false argument. And then to base it on scientific studies, there's a growing body of evidence that a lot of these scientific studies that are not peer-reviewed are actually manipulated. The data is manipulated to reach particular outcomes. And it's irresponsible for a, play, a, a paper like The Guardian if they don't have peer-reviewed studies to actually cite some of these studies as scientific evidence to make their points. And do you know I that these articles were not peer-reviewed? Are you, are you saying a, that they weren't peer-reviewed? There's, there's a lot of articles that, are, that media states or uses to make points all the time that subsequently become peer-reviewed. Shall we go to the biggest one ever? Al Gore, not that I want to get into, into, into that subject, but sure. Al Gore in his movie turning around and making all kinds of outrageous scientifically-based claims, which were later debunked. So it happens all the time. There's a lot of bias in the media, and they use science to try to make points, and the science has been manipulated. Okay, but the, on, on the caller on this, it, it does seem to have... See, this is the, this is the conundrum. Uh, there is a movement, and there are two eminent researchers that testified to Canadian Parliamentary Commission last year, and also the Harvard Mental Letter of... Uh, or, sorry, Health Letter of two, July 2010. They said that pedophilia is a sexual orientation and therefore unlikely to change. So this is not... Um, uh, junk science. I happen to think it still is junk science, but it's official junk science. It's in the Harvard Mental Health Letter, uh, and it, it's being testified before the Canadian Parliamentary Committee. So it's it's not it's not just as crazy as it sounds, or it is as crazy as it sounds. But it's as I say, it's gaining a hearing. 
in, in circles of scientific respectability. Uh, and as a consequence, I think it, it is of genuine concern and it ought to concern the public. All right. So you think there are the shifting sands of social mores in play here. As a matter of fact, there's another study between 98 and 2000 out of the University of Chicago that claims such relationships entered into voluntarily are, quote, nearly uncorrelated with undesirable outcomes. In other words, if they don't harm any of the parties, uh, they right. should be... You know, right. accept it. And so that's the, the risk is the acceptance, I guess. And that's really the nub of the argument, whether or not we're ready to go there. And uh, again, with cer- certain social strictures, as we do apply laws in other cases, Greta and says. And how we deem consent. I mean, I, you need to identify, we need to identify what consent All right. means. All right. Well, 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 I mean, like who has the ability to make, have consent? We don't I need to identify children that. don't have that ability. We don't need to identify that. a certain point. All right. Let me get Gary in here in the beach. Gary, what do you say? Yeah, I'm chomping in the bit. Science has a, doesn't have a darn thing to do with this. And who the hell didn't predict this four IQ points and below further on down this slippery slope I believe that an extreme backlash against alternative sex lifestyles is inevitable I predict that there will not be a gay parade in 10 years because of the backlash thanks guys all right it's always been a part of the community I'm afraid Right, and you're saying that this is just the other shoe waiting to drop, and there are people who have already facilitated that or put the wheels in motion to drop it. This is precisely what was said when the gay marriage uh, thing came forward. People said that that uh, the movement to uh, legalize pedophilia and uh, and polygamy these would would fall hot on the heels of it, and that's precisely what's happening. All right, I want to extend the segment and come back and talk about again corrupting morals in a couple of different ways. Our society, of course, uh, has to be eternally vigilant. That's the price we pay for our freedoms and certain morality or standards of this. That uh, can we do that with Greta Vosper and Scott Masson? Uh, I'll broach a couple of new talk topics in a quick succession here and get your take as the culture war continues. The uh, dulcet sounds of Shoddy Low. Shoddy Low is an Atlanta-based rapper who's also got the ignominy of having 11 kids by 10 different women, and now his life is going to be portrayed along with the brood in a reality show coming down the pipe in the springtime. Uh, Oxygen Media has uh, served up this dollop of gold. It's called All My Baby's Mamas, a one-hour reality special, and uh, it features the rapper who's, by the way... uh, He's got a 19-year-old girlfriend, just one year older than his oldest child. And uh, they say in their press release material, As the household grows, sometimes so does the dysfunction, leaving the man of the house to split his affection multiple ways while trying to create order. (laughs) Will there be a conflict over a family holiday? Who needs school supplies and who holds the household finance purse strings? Or can these feisty babies' mamas band together and live peacefully as one family unit? Well, you know, it's drawn a lot of scorn, and uh, there are some folks who are suggesting that this is so inappropriate, it's corrupting the morals and values of, wait for it, American youth. Uh, So now we've got to ask ourselves if there's sometimes a point at which, I don't know, the federal regulator steps in and says, you know, this is just too down market and uh, it's wrong and it's corrupting, so it ought not to be aired. It ought to be banned, in other words. There used to be movements to ban things, you know, uh, in certain cities and things like that. Comedy acts that were considered offensive were, would be banned in Boston. So I'll start with you, Greta Vosper. I mean, do you think that there's a, a, a time and a place for the FCC in this day and age to ban this kind of stuff? 
I I think there's a time and a place for for a parent to pick up a remote control and turn a television off. I mean, this is as I said when you suggested this topic. I, you know, there will always be a new low. This is this is just. It's shoddy. I low. don't know. The whole reality mm. TV thing right. is is a low. It's yes. a major low. But now, what are we saying here? A guy with uh, eleven kids by ten different women. And he's getting some FaceTime, and he might turn into, who knows, he'll parlay this into a greater wealth and whatever. How can we condone this as a conscientious society, Scott Masson? I don't know how we can. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I do find it interesting that, moral, uh, that the idea of a slippery slope uh, is accepted by Greta in this area, but not in uh, the area no, of previous I mean, I conversation. Think this is, this is, I think this is culturally accepted. I think I think serial monogamy is culturally accepted. So it's not that I that I think this is a a moral issue. I just think why do we need to put this in front of people? This is like boring. Well, but if people watch it, apparently, I guess it isn't boring for them. Yeah. I, I mean, according to your argument, that there is no sort of every moral practice is equally valid as long as it's natural, along as long as there's consent. I mean, it doesn't really hold. It doesn't bear scrutiny when you move, compare the pedophilia case to this case. I agree with you that this is depraved and outrageous. Um, I, my concern about the FCC regulating it would be the fact that the FCC is regulating it. Um, who are they to regulate it? Who would trust their moral compass when you see the, the, the judgments that they have uh, brought forth in various other areas? So I would have a different objection on that, but I, I think it's beyond the pale, this stuff. But what about, okay, what about 18 or 19 or 20 and counting or whatever that show is? Do you have the same problems with that? Is that the, is that the Christian couple it's with Christian lots of kids? The Christian couple who are having a quiver full of children yeah. based on however many uh, the God God uh, decides they're going to have. I think the show is tasteless myself. Um, the practice of having children and looking after them uh, in the context of a monogamous Christian marriage, I think, is uh, is worthy. But and is that not is that not influencing our youth? Uh, uh, who who will be the ones who well, are inheriting this planet? I get to see any signs of evidence of monogamy amongst couples and and uh, widespread children bearing being a, a social problem that we're dealing with. But it <laughs> is a social problem. We've no, got peak population hitting this planet, resource depletion, climate pop- change. Th- that that generation is going to have to deal with some well, incredible challenges. I mean, you, the, the, so if the, we encourage all of our children to have twenty kids, I mean, imagine what exponentially right, so you're saying that'd that, be like in a little while. That, I mean, that has just as many moral. Implications, implications. All right. absolutely. All right. Does it have as many moral implications? I mean, what we're talking about. And here. are they not even more serious? More serious. I mean, although this guy is still having 10 kids, which drives by, me nuts. No, 11 kids by 10 oh, different 11 women. Kids. Excuse me. I, this, what's his name? Shoddy Low? Shoddy That's Low. a great name for well, that isn't guy. It? Yeah. He's a rapper. And uh, again, you know, it might just uh, celebrate a lifestyle that's just off the charts with its promiscuity and profligacy in the question. But I guess there are First Amendment rights here that will be, uh, you know, Basically, voice saying you've got to allow us to say these uh, to to express ourselves in whatever way, and if there's a market, we'll find it and let us uh, let the market decide is the ultimate outcome here. And so there's no there's no disagreement as far as that's concerned, Scott Masson. As much as you might find this to be vile and disgusting and debauched, it's got to be a market driven solution. I'm afraid on this case, yeah, it's not like it's pornography. Pornography is a different issue, um, but this isn't pornography. It's just it's getting damn close, though, isn't it? It's well, getting close. To, it's wonder. sailing and, close to the breeze there. That's and for I, sure. I think that we need to have regulation on our airwaves. Uh, I don't know if this is the place to start, but 
um, particularly in Canada, where we have held um, sacred uh, the the challenge that news that is presented or news uh, journalism shows that are presented present only truth, and that is not uh, what what is understood in the United States. You can say whatever you want, whether it's a truth or a lie, and present it as news, and it's up to the person who hears it to go and figure out whether it's right or wrong. So those kinds of regulations, I think we need to have uh, regulations like those in Canada, um, whether shoddy low, and I saw you rock into that music, John. Oh, yeah. Well, whether right. shoddy low should Absolutely. have his own show well, that's is what, really the, a, the problem really is he question. was rocking with his baby mamas, and that's created the <laughs> dilemma that isn't uh, an exemplary uh, thing for society. Abraham, you wanted to weigh in on this. Shows like this, do you think there's a place for the regulator or the state to step in and draw a line? No, because this in the U.S., this is common practice for the for the culture that it that the people are from. So let it go. The and the thing is, the the family that's having a monogamous relationship with twenty children or whatever they're having, that's great because that's showing family. That's why India and China are are killing us when it comes to population and control over other countries. So if a monogamous relationship is loving and has a lot of children, go ahead. But other this uh, this this black honey boo-boo, let it go. Let them mush their minds. Who cares? Oh, who cares? Well, all right. Uh, the other idea, uh, and uh, I'll just go in rapid-fire succession here, is a story. It's a tragic one out of Belgium where two brothers, 45, they're twins, uh, decided they didn't want to live apart. Uh, they're deaf to begin with, but going blind by the doctor's uh, the uh, prognostication. And so uh, what they're saying is, uh, or they did back in December, we don't want to live in that state. Uh, and they were euthanized. That was their wish to be euthanized. I'm not sure the distinction between doctor-assisted suicide or euthanized uh, euthanasia, but still in all, uh, Belgium allows for it. So does Holland. Uh, can you see on the grounds of compassion that uh, it was their right and prerogative to do this and therefore, you would support it, Greta Vosper, or do you think this is a dangerous development or a slippery slope? I think that I think that we should have a right to how our lives end, uh, and particularly if there are extenuating medical circumstances that are going to continue to reduce our our uh, sense of dignity, our quality of life as we determine it, not as as someone else determines it. Uh, I think that those that those issues are important. At the same time, I remember we were having a conversation just a few weeks ago or we were thinking of having a conversation about the termination of a life that that medical professionals felt was not going to be able to recover any kind of quality of life, but the family did not want to terminate that. And so the, the ethical challenges about this conversation are huge. And again, how do we make these decisions? Do we make them based on religious ideas or do we, or do we base them on what is best for the community and the individuals within it? Well, the free individual as uh, if there was either or yeah all right well scott masson we'll give you a final word on this obviously we've run out of time it's unfortunate i've got other stuff but we'll save it to another day but do you think in the case of the belgian twins uh where they express their free will as i get it they, they weren't coerced uh they had a right to ask to be euthanized well according to the belgian laws the question of whether the belgian laws are moral and just and right i happen to think that they are not because our lives are not our own because we are not our own creator i think we have a responsibility to god and one to one another 
Um, and I don't think that, that right, those rights extend to taking our own lives. I don't think they extend over our bodies. If so, if otherwise, we could uh, sell ourselves into slavery, and that would be wrong as well. If, I just if, couldn't if, put that kind of a God over me. Whatever. I'm to finish here. Thank you, Greta. If it were otherwise, again, the child who gave consent could also give consent to sell him or herself into slavery and agree along with that. We don't have uh, that sort of prerogative over our own selves, and that includes death. I think this is a terrible thing, and uh, I do think it's a slippery slope. And uh, according to Greta's conversational criteria, there is no norm. All right. And on that note, we'll end. I appreciate it as always. Very heady discussion. There's a lot of heavy topics here this morning. And then there's also shoddy low. Uh, Scott Masson, <laughs> associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.